For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday morning and a little while I have college, but meanwhile I have a few minutes and I think I'll take a whack at, uh, at the Summum Bonum talks that we're doing now, sponsored by Mishpachas Stefanski and... We're up to the Ramban, Nachmanides, not the Ramban, but the Ramban. So the Ramban did the basics, how they understand it. But the Ramban is a great dissenter. He disagrees in very important parts, in strange ways to me, um, on what happens in life after death and that sort of thing, the greatest good and the greatest bad. But as I said before, you have to plow your way through the writings of the Ramban, and uh, they're mostly located in the Shara Gamal. I mentioned that last time. <clears throat> and I want to share this morning a few ideas or what the Ramban has to say on the subject of Onish, of hell. Because it's going to come strange. Uh, the Rambam, of course, said that heaven and hell don't exist physically. So when we talk about burning in hell or bliss in heaven... There is something good in heaven, and there's something bad in in hell, but but we have no idea what it is. We can only use, you know, approximations. You know, you know, it's real bad down there. I shouldn't say down there. You know, it's 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 real bad in that state. But when you die, the goof is gone, and like I said before, what exactly is being punished? That's not even clear. What's what exactly is being punished? What's you? You know what I mean? What's you? And what exactly is the nefesh versus the neshama, and all those kinds of things. So we saw the Rambam will say that, ultimately, if you follow it through, the Rambam will say that uh, that the big punishment is not being admitted into the the the, the state of bliss, the the heaven. But that's of course problematic, because that's all Hitler gets. He just doesn't get to. To, to see the good stuff and uh, and there's no differentiation between Hitler and somebody who talked in Shul, you know what I mean? It, notice, even in the Maimonidean system, there are a lot of unsatisfactory parts to the average person reading it um, in terms of appreciating divine justice. You want divine justice. Uh, actually, you want divine justice for Yenem. You don't want it for yourself. For yourself, you want Rachman, but for someone else, you want justice. So, this bothered Ramban, <coughs> and in general, as we'll shall see in a second, Ramban objects to what he calls Gaisha Zachen, that the Rambam and people like that were too much influenced by Greek philosophy, other philosophies, and the Torah is not identical with those. Uh, and so, maybe the philosophers. I'm talking about smart people, you know, try to work their way logically through the whole thing. But that doesn't mean the Torah agrees with them. And therefore, that doesn't mean that's what actually happens. So I want to talk today, or read, actually the part in the Ramban, it's a couple pages, or what exactly is Gehenna, what exactly is hell? And you'll see that he strongly disagrees with the Ramban, but what happens to the afterlife? But he comes up with a strange shot. He says, Notice, what exactly is Gehenim? 
ומהו דבר שני דמבו, ואין מסי. אם תומר שונש מגיע לגוף השלום מסוסו, it can't be physical happen to the goof, because he goes on to say, as we all know, the goof is garnished, it, it turns into dust, right? He's eloquent on the subject. Right? So, you know, it, it can't be. So anyway, the only possible onish, if we believe in hell, of some form or another, Gehenim, may I remind you, Gehenim is just expression. There was a valley in Jerusalem called Gei Ben-Hinom. So we use that. You know, because that's where he used to torture people and stuff like that. But we're talking about something that is, uh, you know, after death and in, in some kind of, some sort of ruchnius way, although you have to hear what he means by some sort of ruchnius way. So, ain't on a shell of nefesh. It's the nefesh that's going to get it. Umahu a nefesh, onish amasi igosa, hari nefesh enagogviyo. But when you talk about punishing the nefesh, in other words, not the physical, how does that work? Because the Nefesh is not physical. So you can't burn something that's not physical with fire, for example. You can't find a mechitzel for now. You can't, it's not subject to time and space. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but anything that's metaphysical is not going to be in time and space. So notice he understands at the very beginning of his presentation the points that would be made by the Rambam and people like that, which is it can't be a place called Gehenna. If it's a metaphysical concept, that means there's no place. Doesn't mean it's not real. I come back to that again and again. It is real, but not in the way you think of it simply. So only thing you can say is that uh, like the Rambam, so notice he's he's you know playing devil's advocate, so to speak, with Maimonides being the devil. The only thing you can say is that, you know, it happens after the goof is gone, and the only onish can be the disappearance of the nefesh. Tova the nefesh with dikaris. But this, he says, is wrong. Right? But that, my Maimonidean view, is not the Jewish way. That's not what the Torah says. In other words, as you'll see, don't tell me all these many, many descriptions of hell and of onish and all that, that all of them are simply um, you know, allegorical. There are too many of them. This Maimonidim shot is is, is Gaisha stuff. It came from non-Jews, the intellectuals among those who are of the Kacham Mazolos. So to them, the only possible onish that can happen is the extinction of the soul. So, you understand what I'm saying? What happens to Hitler after killing all those people? He just ceases to exist. So that's really problematic from a moral point of view because to tell you the truth, any Russia in the world will say, yes, I'll take that. Ah, you're missing out. Listen, I'll be gone. I won't feel anything anymore. Who cares? You see, that's, that's the, they'll beat the system. So everybody gets off scot-free. They simply, you know, um, cease to exist. And not only that, there's no differentiation. No, what's the difference if I shoot one person or shoot 50 people? Either way, my neshama will just, you know, if I'm judged to be bad, which if I shot people I am, I'll just cease to exist. Heck with it. You know, I won't be there. I don't mind. You see? So there's no differentiation 
between the Apikoris, Akover Baker, and Shahudam, Shambhadim, all the different types of sins are all the same. Because the only thing you can do is cause something to cease to exist. You were wicked, so you're, you're subject to Kores, which means cessation of existence. Right? And Chazal have in different places that there are people who talk like that. May I say particularly in the book of Kohelis, right? Because Kohelis says, who knows what happens after your death? And, you know, let's put it this way. Uh, and we don't believe in this. We believe that something active really happens to you, something bad. Notice, if you're Adolf Hitler, you're going to burn. Now, maybe not burn like the fire on my stove, but you're going to burn. Well, what do you mean? If it's not like the fire in your stove, if it's not like a fire from a, from a cigarette lighter, you know, it's not a fire, what you and I call fire, then what is it? And he goes on to prove his point, and this is very typically Rambanian, Nachmanadian, that you have so many descriptions in the Chazal, it cannot be that they devote so many descriptions to what boils down to a big allegory. That's all. Shonam Menachos, and then he has the Gmarantinus, and Picker of Elezer, and there's a whole Agadot of the seven Maduri Gehenim, uh, the seven levels of hell. Why would you go into all these descriptions of something that's just a, a, an allegory? It, it's, it, it stretches the credulity to think that the Ghazal would go into so much colorful description of something which, according to Ram, at the end of the day, doesn't matter because there are no seven levels of hell. When you die, it's just all over. You cease to exist. It's got to be more than that, Ramban says. And he brings many rayas, which I won't bother you with. And if you're interested, you'll follow this up on your own. And there's even a certain place where they measure how big hell is. It can't be that this is all allegorical. They're going into too much detail about how big it is, how wide it is, and so on and so forth. But rather, here's the Jewish take on it. The Kabbalah Rabbosinu, whether or not it makes sense from a logical, philosophical point of view. This is very, very typical of the whole approach of the Ramban in many, in many areas. Right? We go with the Jewish thing and how with the others. That Hashem created the Nafshos, the Foshot Tzadikim. But what is a Nefesh? So you and I will say like this. It's a life force. It's a soul or something like that. Uh, see what I'm doing? It's not clear. And it's not physical. I mean, you know, I'm alive. Right? So you feel the life force. When someone dies, it ain't there, you know. What more can we say? But Ramban says it can't just be like that. You see that this guy's alive and that guy's not alive. There's something to it. Maybe not in the typical physical way. But it's it's kind of physical, so it's if I understand this correctly, and so I can ever tell you what I understand it. It's some kind of existence somewhere between physical and metaphysical. You know what I just said? It's between physical and metaphysical. It's not physical, but it's not metaphysical either. It's something in between, which is a very strange notion. He below suffik ruach zakov v'daka biyoser ain't a goof. Falonik belsonik deres mamakom. Falonik pes gishar ruach letosin usal. El mikat hamalochim v'dal biyoser. So Ramban believes, as the Rambam does, by the way, in angels. Uh, what is an angel? What's a malach? 
uh, it's a creature, you know? If you say they're malachim and shamayim or something like that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is it simply an allegory? Or, and which, you know, possibly, you know, some Jewish thinkers thought it's just, it's just the rationalists, it's just the allegory. It's not really angels with wings and all that kind of business. But most think that the malachim are something. Now, what are they? Obviously, they're not physical. Yeah, I'm not talking when they come down to the earth. I'm talking when malachim regular. They're not physical, but they're not metaphysical either. No, they do exist. Not with a regular goof, but with something like that. And the nefoshos of tzaddikim are like that. Venala biyoser, they're even higher in the sense that they're even, even less physical. Even though they're not physical either. They're more dachyistic. I can't go into great details about this. But he, this is his assertion. The Rambam would say you're crazy, but this is his assertion. And the same Bona Shalom that created these angels in this ethereal state between physical and metaphysical, he also created a place called Gehenna. Now again, it's not a place in the regular physical way, but it's also not a place in the metaphysical way, in which case has no dimensions or anything like that. It's in between. So he created some some place, some state of being, that might not be the right word, but some reality called Gehenna. And there's a fire there. It's not a regular fire, like I say, you know, from your stove. But it's not just an allegory either. The Rambam would say there's no fire. Because if it's not a physical thing, fire is physical. And the Rambam says, it's not true. Of course, there's physical fire, which does not exist in the metaphysical world. But there's also, shall we call it metaphysical fire? It's not exactly physical. And that fire can burn and destroy you know, malachim, things that exist in that state of being. And the same God who created angels in a whole angelic world, which is between physical and metaphysical, he can also create a fire in a place, I repeat, not a regular place like you and I talk about in the physical world, but nevertheless, the concept of space, right, the concept of space in some state of being, Notice in some sense, it's real though, and he can create a fire in that space to burn stuff, okay, to burn stuff. So notice if you're a sinner, you will burn in hell, and it'll hurt. Not the way would happen here if somebody stuck his hand into the stove, you know, to a fire, but in some way, okay, and he goes on to make this whole argument, right, and, and he says that this specific fire that I'm talking about was created in the first or second day of creation, which means it was very, uh, it's not a regular fire. It's part of Vahi Or, for example, or something like that. And uh, and get over it, okay? <coughs> uh, that's what he says, that, you know, um, because there is a Gemara that says, or did done every Motzei Shabbos, or did he had him every Meshenu Shabbos. What you and I call fire was, in the, was, was, was created in the last day of creation, but this was created beforehand. This is the second day of creation. It was the second day of creation, so there was a fire, but there wasn't fire yet. So it's like ore before there was ore. You understand? So he's getting into heavy-duty stuff over here because what do you mean by he ore? 
is that doesn't mean the the ore of the spectrum of light that we have now. It's using the ore in some other sense. But it was a reality, you see? Now the Rambam would say it means intelligence. But he would say, no, there was some kind of ore. So get used to the Nachmanadian way of thinking, which is there are different dimensions of existence and they they are real in their own way. And what happens to life after death for in terms of Gehenna, now I'm not talking about the other stuff yet. I'm just conv- uh, you know, confining my remarks today to how he understands what happens to uh, the, the punishment of the wicked. Okay? Uh, and you move in some area where some kind of a fire exists. Uh, okay? You know? If it's created in the second day of creation, it ain't a regular fire. It's always very thin. But what he means to say is not thin in the fire sense, but thin in the existent sense. Okay? Uh, as he says over and over again, It's not like arc fire. It's not like the types of fire we have over here. It does exist when it does burn stuff. And what it's going to burn is the Nisham or something like that, whatever's left after the goof is gone. Okay? But this Aish is Sorefis Hanishamos, Hanifoshos. Okay? Now, um, it even goes on to say this Aish comes from the Kisei Akavod, which, you know, because they talk about the Nahar de Nur, you know what I'm talking about? In the book of Daniel, it says there's a river of fire that goes out from God's uh, chair, from God's throne when they had the very physical description of God in the book of Daniel, what is in chapter 7, I think, with the four monsters coming out of the sea, and you see the old man, which is supposed to be Hashem, with the long white beard and, 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 the, and the white clothes, and there's angels on the right and left of him in the dream of Daniel, and there's also a river of fire. Okay? So you see that even though, now it was a, a dream, like a, at least a semi-prophetic vision, and it's in the harsh Shalashi, Yosem covered. So if there's an, it's an interesting argument. So, I mean, the Maimonidean way is the same like this. It's a vision he had. Doesn't mean that it actually exists. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a vision he had. But the, the Rambam said, no, it, it, it exists in some dimension. So there is the concept of fire, not in the in the in the physical world. That that's his argument. Okay, and you know, he, once again, he he throws in a whole bunch of rayas. The same God that created the Neshama, which you and I have, I mean, we, we do see, I'm alive, you're alive, you're listening to this, I'm talking, you see the Neshama's there, and it can't simply be, you know, just an expression, I mean, we are alive. So, Bari Neshama's, the same God who created the Neshama's, created the Neshama's, which are Zach, which are pure, in other words, in terms of existent. They're not physical, but they do exist. The same God who created... In other words, it's not beyond the ability of the same God who created a nefesh to create a fire that can burn a nefesh. Okay? In other words, there's nothing beyond the power of God. And not only that, you see that he creates these things called life forces or nefesh or neshamas or stuff like that. And we see the evidence of it, even though, as you and I know, we can't, you know, grab it. You know? Because 
It's not logical, he says, to say God can create one and not the other. He can create the nefesh, but not the fire. I repeat it for the hundredth time. Not the kind of fire that you and I, you know, think of in the stove, but a certain type of fire. I, im yitshaleinu heich nefesh nikbelis mamakum ahu nikrigenim oshol. So then it, it doesn't exist in a place. You're talking about that God can create a fire of some sort in some kind of dimension, but it's not a place. It's not Gehenna or Sheol. Okay? So, boy, he loses it. No With all your fancy Greek philosophy, and all the stupidities of the Kazdim and the, and the Egyptians, even though we always say that the Nefesh, the life force in me, is not nigbelis mamalkam. It's not in a. It's metaphysical. Vein lamishkan b'malcha believe, and the philosophers and scientists will tell you that the nefesh is not actually located in the in the in the brain or the heart, because take a body and open it up, and you won't find it in there. Rakshem they're just all expressions of seichel. Well, I say bull. Anachnu kozel nona simsechlenu shlebiguf ruvein zem and abria hadaka. We don't believe that. We believe that, you know, look at me. I'm me. I have a nefesh in me. My nefesh is not in you, and yours is not in mine. So even though it's true that if you open me up, you're not going to find it, 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 that is true. But in spite of that, it exists. My nefesh is not over there. It's here. And your nefesh is, is, is there. Okay? So it it's... The, Again, it's the argument, as I understand, for the intermediate kind of. It's not physical, but it's not metaphysical exactly either. Because it's in me. If my neshama, or nefesh, whatever you want to call it, was mamish, totally metaphysical, it wouldn't even be in me. But we all know that that's how the world runs. People have nefeshes, neshamas. And they're located in the person, even though you can't find it. So that means it has a space dimension, but not a regular space dimension. If it was a regular space dimension, you would find where the Nisham is. Uh, but on the other hand, you see empirically, my Nisham is not in, in, in the horse, and his is not in me. Okay? That's basically how it works out. So, uh, and and So all the Greek philosophy stuff, I'm not going to get into, he says. I'll call upon him nefesh yochenes b. Aristotle, you figure it out any way you want. I see empirically my nefesh is inside of me. V'chibur begufi, and if it has any chibur, it's with me. Okay, and v'yeslam nefesh acheres b'adam, and not you. So um, that that that's the way that goes. So call it whatever you want. Misha shikin osa b'chom razeh mitzbeinu beguf. If God could take this nefesh, whatever you want to describe it as, and put it in me, so it has hits me, it's obviously tzamud. My neshama is tzamud to me. You see that? My neshama, tzamud means attached. My neshama is not tzamud to you. Then if God can do that, then he can create a place called Gehenim, which after I'm gone or after you're gone, that neshama can go there and be tzamud there. Okay? In other words, you see empirically that this intermediate stage of neshamas, nefesh, whatever, does have 
some kind of a spatial, I repeat, some kind of a spatial uh, connection. Maybe not a regular spatial connection. It's not mamish physical. You can't see it or perceive it. But in, in some intermediate spatial context, it can be. And that's what happens to people after they die. It goes to that place and when, however it works. And that's Gehenna, isn't it? Or the other way around. But I mean, here's talking about the wicked. Okay? Yachal, the same God, I'll read you the words. The same God that put the neshama in this chomer, in this body, and, and made it mechuber to, to the goof. He can take that same nefesh after a person dies and bring it to, and, and, and bring it to a place or whatever we'll call places, document a document, exists in a not a regular physical way, but it's a place, and burn it there. Okay? And burn it there. Now he has some quote from the Rambam, which I didn't understand because it's one of the real hard parts of the Rambam in part two. But um as he says, that 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 basically is his theory. So let's put it this way. If you're wicked, you die, you burn in hell. However that works out, you do burn. So and therefore, once you admit that, they can have gradations. You understand? The guy who did this little son burns a little bit in hell. Hitler burns big time in hell. You know, like that that kind of way. Right? And uh, even though he said the Greeks won't agree with me, I don't care. Par Amr Sas Maskilim in Balakhomer Yosel Hasaka Shlem Alayz inside difference of CS Balakhomer. We can't perceive how these things uh, exist and therefore it doesn't happen. I say it does. Right? Nilu Mechrem Matzam Chibar Nefran Balakhomer. They can explain, Aristotle knows, the other guys can explain how my nefesh is inside my goof. Because, like I said before, you can cut me open, you won't find it. So, but nevertheless, it exists. So, obviously, that's a weakness on the philosophical approach. And I've been yotze now my description of this. And here's a very typical Ramban kind of way of talking. With this chakir I've just shared with you, because I wanted to bust those who are very arrogant when they discuss how God runs the world. That they use their, their human intelligence, the philosophers, to try to understand how God really operates. When they cannot explain this basic point of mine, which is how does my nefesh, which is not physical, nevertheless exists in my body and not yours. So, if they can't explain that, why do they make fun of us when we talk about all these things, about the world of the angels and heaven and hell? We from Jews, he says, we go by the Kabbalah we have, from the Avos, and not, not from people who learn from the Greek philosophy. The people who spend all their time, like the Rambam, you know, being medoctic and ma'ayan and in all the different aspects of the Greek philosophy, meaning about life after death and so forth, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so, it's, and he goes on and on, I won't bore you with all the words. Uh, 
So be that as it is, im uh, a fire of some sort in Gehenim and Avadon, those are the two same words for hell, shall let this man, some or other, it can burn you and consume you and torture you and all that kind of stuff at God's will. So Gehenim is a kind of a place in the same way that your neshama is a kind of a thing. Because it is there, but on the other hand, and it is in this world, you know, located in a place, even though when you look, you can't find it. I'll say it again. Where are you going to find the neshama? Is it in the finger? Is it in the heart? And, you know, open up the heart, be a cardiologist. Like I had a heart operation the other day, you know, with the with the valve. You didn't find the neshama there. But on the other hand, you see, if I'm alive, then the neshama's in me. So that paradox seems to be what the Ramban built his whole case on, calling attention very, very uh, intelligently to uh, a basic failure of contemporary science to understand uh, the actual nature of the phenomena around them. And therefore, he falls back on all the Gemaras and all the Midrashim and all the rest of it. Now, that's... So, let me put it this way. This is not about the Summum Bonum, but the Summum Malum. You know, knows what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Worst thing that happens to you is you will burn uh, each one Lafi Madrigoso. That's a key element of all this. You know, like I say, Hitler will get it worse than uh, somebody who said Lashahara. But, um, but, you know, how exactly? I mean, it's not in a way that we can describe simply because, simply because we don't know what the world of Malachim looks like. But that, just because I don't know what it looks like that doesn't mean I don't know it exists. That's the point I want to get across. So, um, the Ramban, as you see over here, uh, strongly disagree with the Rambam on, on a whole bunch of items. Uh, I just spoke about the Summa Malam. And now next time, let's see if we can talk about, I guess, the Summa Bonum. Although you do have to talk about Karis also. But I've run through my time. So once again, uh, I want to thank Ms. Stavinsky for uh, sponsoring this series. And I wish you a good job. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.